dinar would have had serious consequences for the world financial system, but may also have empowered the people of Africa, something black activists say the US wants to avoid at all costs. We slicing cake. We slicing cake. of Tando Radio Show. My name is Scotty Reed, of course. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USAE. This is Tando Radio Show. It comes on every Monday through Friday at 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, today we will be having an open forum. Uh, Pastor Keith should be joining us here in just a bit. They've uh, had to take... Um, uh, time off again uh, to take care of some things, uh, but I'm more than happy to fill in uh, for him. Today's date, by the way, is May 30th, 2019. We're almost halfway through 2019, and time surely does fly. And I mean, when you have grandchildren or children, you watch them grow up, you know, because I posted some old pictures the other day of my uh two oldest daughters when they was like eight or ten and then um one of my um uncle's stepchildren who used to live next door and I took some pictures of them when they was little girls they was playing dress up and dressing up like little old ladies with the with the long dresses and and it um and the old lady hats or what I shouldn't call them old lady is that is that disrespectful? What the older women, you know, kind of like them hats they wear to church. And I I was like, wow, you know, time just really, really, really uh, goes by fast when you have children. So if you want to stay young or at least thank you young, don't have children because <laughs> they'll make you feel your age, especially when you get uh, grandchildren. Uh, but today is going to be an open forum. Um, of course, I do have some news stories to get to, uh, some stories that was uh, posted to btrcommunity.com. But before we get into that, uh, also let me state that um, this is normally a two-hour program, but since it's an over open forum, if we don't have much participation, uh, we will close it down early, close the show down early. The reason why is I have a client and affiliate network that's having some issues that I need to help them with. It's kind of time sensitive. Um, and then some other uh, things that I got in development that I need to do. It's just real busy time, especially towards the end of the month. So, I mean, I can do the two hours, but I don't want to sit here 
and listen to myself talk. Um, so we'll do that. Um, let me see. Um, please continue to support the Black Talk Media Project. Um, Brother Oshi, I appreciate how, you know, on his program, he was telling everybody about why it's needed. Uh, and that means the Black Talk Media Project, which is a new media, a nonprofit new media organization uh, that we created in order to do the work of elevating black voices, uh, equipping people with new media tools and equipping them with the knowledge on how to use new media tools so that nobody can ever take their voice away. Um, even if, even if, um, you know, they're on another platform, they get kicked out, they can start their own platform. They know the technology, they have the knowledge, they can do their own thing, you know. Um, what I'm doing um, through Black Talk Radio Network, I feel like anybody can do. Anybody can do. I understand some people aren't technically inclined and everybody's not going to understand um, how things work, but... I feel like it's easy enough that anybody uh, should be able to do it. I mean, I, I taught my grandson on, on the part about how to hook up the hardware and, you know, in the wiring and what. I think I even got a video of my grandson putting it putting it together. So, um, you know, we need to have, maintain our own media, but much more than maintaining Black Talk Radio Network. We need other outlets. We need localized community outlets. Uh, Time for Awakening Media is one of our sister organizations. Um, it's a nonprofit, also based in Philadelphia. And Time for Awakening, it it, folk, it has a lot of local hosts from Philadelphia, and I don't listen to the programming over there all that much except for a few programs um but they don't really focus on local issues like like you know i would if i set up something for let's say uh the county that i lived in i set up a platform and a radio station for the county um you want to talk about more local issues not saying they don't because i certainly heard heard them the other day you know talking about uh local politics and and uh, I think they was talking about uh, district attorneys or something. It was on time for awakening. But anyway, we need that. We need to build more so that our people can get access to localized information. You know, we on Black Talk Radio Network, or particularly this station, we have a global view and we look at things and bring you information from a globalized perspective with some emphasis on uh, being behind the enemy lines of USA Inc., um, but, you know, um, we as a people, when I say we as a people, um, we need to get back our radio stations that we lost here in the United States, our local radio stations. Um, you know, I'm thinking about Mr. Preston Brown in Virginia, who had that terrestrial radio station for so long and he ended up having to sell it. He, he you know, and I'm not going to go all through, um, Detail and how this came about. Just take a look at the 1996 Telecommunications Act, and that's all you need to know to understand why we start losing black radio stations. But you know, there there's always where there's a will, there's a way, as they say, and and so there's new media technology. Most people got smartphones today, or they got a regular telephone, or they can access a computer. 
Um, so we don't need terrestrial. We can just go strictly digital, which, by the way, is much, much, much cheaper to maintain. Well, I shouldn't say cheaper. More affordable to maintain than what you would if you had, were running a terrestrial radio station. I mean, you're talking about an investment of tens of thousands of dollars initially, and if you're talking about buying a terrestrial radio station, then you think about the electricity that you, what that electric bill would look like. You're pushing all that power out through that antenna, um, you know, to reach people for miles and miles and miles. That stuff costs money. That equipment costs a lot of money. Um, you got to maintain it. It's just too expensive. It's it's not even a smart investment um, today because most people are now tuning into digital radio streams or podcasts more and more and more, and not so much listening uh, to terrestrial radio stations. Their audience is still huge. Don't don't get me wrong. iHeartRadio, CBS Radio, they still have huge uh, operations and and listeners and what have you um but again um we don't we're losing these stations that have a localized have localized programming and we need that so that's what um black talk media project uh ultimate goal is is to to be those voices those local voices with local people uh bringing their communities information and news all right um if you're interested in real money Please get in contact. Go to prosperitymint.com. That's prosperitymint.com. Check out the inventory there. Then you want to get in touch with uh, Brother Dave. You might see a promo. Well, usually on all Tando radio show uh, promos or and for the podcast, I mean, I post the ad for Prosperity Mint, and it has the, uh, the telephone number on there that you call, you want to call David before you make any purchases. Um, you just want to go there to check out the inventory. Um, but there's um, a specialized way that you have to purchase precious metals. And so Dave wants to walk you through that process. Okay. And, um, you know, it's not to get you to call him to capture your telephone number and then sell it, um, you know, to um, these telemarketing firms that pay for such information, no, it's so that he can uh, explain the buying process uh, to you. Uh, let me check the board and see if we got Keith before I get into what's in the news. Um, we'll just go through those uh, kind of more quickly. It is an open forum, as I stated, and I already do. When I saw that Dave had planned an open forum, I already got something to talk about. I'm serious. Um, I want to talk about the whores of Babylon. And I'm not talking about preaching to you and what have you, but, you know, many people might have heard that term, the whores of Babylon. I want to talk about the whores of Babylon in this Cardi B clip I came across the other day. Um, somebody needs to get to that woman and tell her, look, you need to stop talking. You need to stop confessing to crimes that you committed on TV. It ain't cute. It ain't funny. And then, you know, I got these women telling me, or a woman, I shouldn't say these women, but I got a woman telling me it's just entertainment. No, it's not just entertainment. It's programming, okay? 
And it's programming a mindset, it's programming a behavior, it's programming um, your code of behavior. So I'll play that clip. She need to shut up. I already did one show. I did a show with um, Kim Malansan. Y'all may remember that program on BTR News, um, but she runs GIA. GIA stands for Gender Identity Accountability. And her son is in prison, Dwayne uh, uh, Hickerson, Dwayne Hickerson, I should say. That's the way she pronounces his name. But he's in prison. He was in the military, and he had met a person online uh, one of those dating sites or whatnot. He was going to be in that person's local area, got a hotel room. The person meets him there. They have some sexual relations, and then when the lights come on, this person says, oh, by the way, I'm a man. That's what Mr. Hickerson said he remembered, and in the rest, he blacked out. And he ended up killing this person, you know, in a fit of, of temporary insanity and they're trying to get him a new child now but how does that relate to cardi b well cardi b was when i did the show with uh, a follow-up with miss Melanson about her son's case i was like it's got to make you mad cardi b out here talking about bragging about raping men heterosexual men with male transsexuals post uh, no pre-op male, uh, um, uh, call themselves transsexuals. So these are men who think they're women, believe they're women, born women and on the inside. I don't even really like talking about that type of stuff because I don't, I don't understand it all. I know that I don't believe in mistreating anyone, but these transsexuals mistreated their male victims of rape by deception. And she was bragging about, oh, I'm going to get back at you for cheating on me because I'm going to give you a threesome with a male trans... And she used the derogatory word, but I'm not going to use it. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a, you remember that threesome we had? That other dude was a man. Yeah, you just had sex with a transsexual and what have you. That's rape. That's rape in my book. And so, you know, people are justifying this. I can't understand this, so... Um, there, this clip that I'll play after we get through after what's in the news, and I, I just want to let y'all hear it because this, what um, one of the whores of Babylon's is promoting, and she's not the only one that was on this clip promoting prostitution. So I don't want to give away. I want you to listen for yourself what she said, and we can't let it, fathers especially we cannot let our daughters grow up to be whores of Babylon. We can't allow them to be corrupted by whores of Babylon. It's not funny. It's not something to joke about. It's definitely not entertainment. It's programming. Who they trying to program? They trying to program my little grand uh, granddaughters. I know I don't talk a lot about my granddaughters. They don't. I don't. I often don't get to see them. Um, but all my daughters is grown. I raised three girls. So, you know, we can't let them grow up to be whores of Babylon. So, but uh, let me give Keith an opportunity to give us an open, a, a opening remarks. Good morning to you, Keith. We're, we're going to be in open forum this morning uh, after we get through what's in the news. Well, can you hear me? 
Uh, yes. Kind of watch your background noise, but I can hear you. I think there's a lot to be said uh, with what you're saying. <laughs> and this conversation can go as far, as wide, as deep as you want to go. But it, it all has to do with knowledge. Basically, I'll, I'll sum it up with that, with knowledge. You know, um, uh, uh, ignorance is deadly. And if you look at uh, where we're going, it's destructive. It's, 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 it's self-destroying all the way around. And basically, that's what you're talking about. You're saying programming. Programming is still, to me, it, it's a lack of knowledge of allowing yourself to go down the path of ignorance. And it and it's it's so extremely effective that you know it basically it runs the world in which we live. So uh, I'm interested to see what path you go down. Um, yeah, I'm. Um, I will play that clip after we get through what's in the news. Um, by the way, let me go ahead and give out the phone number seven zero four eight zero two fifty fifty six seven zero four eight zero two fifty fifty six. Hit the star key twice. Um, that will unmute you, please, at all times. Try to watch your background noise so that we can preserve the quality of the recording that we're making during the live uh, streaming. Okay, so um, before I go into what's in the news, uh, real quick, before I forget, uh, shout out to Tag. Uh, Tag is a, a former intern uh, for the Black Talk Media Project. Um, he's still a college student and what have you, but he's still a part of our family, and, you know, he posted some stuff in BTR community, um, and I didn't see this yesterday, and I wouldn't have been been able to do it for him yesterday anyway, because we didn't do New Abolitionist Radio last night. Um, we took a, a break um, on New Abolition, but there's a, a phone zap for USP Hazleton. That's a prison um, I imagine it's in New York City. I could be wrong. Uh, you may want to look up more. I'm just looking at a flyer. I don't have the details, but when they say no more lockdowns, that's when they lock down a prison, you know, and and all the people had to be in, locked in their cells. They don't have freedom of movement within the prison, and they often do this as a way as um, – uh, collective punishment and so I don't know the details behind this uh, I just tag just posted a flyer and asked me if I bring it up last night because um, the phone zap is for today and it says ask for warden Brian Antonelli the telephone number is 1304 379 5000 that's 1304 379 5000 as for Warden Brian Antonelli, demands end the lockdown, restore visitation, resume programming. And so I'm not, I probably had to go to Twitter because um, I do have quite a bit of contacts uh, in the prison activist uh, community and I probably could get more details. So I'll try to find that a little later at the end of the program. But they're asking that people do a phone zap uh, to end the lockdown, restore visitation so they're not allowing family members to visit 
and to resume programming. I imagine that might be, you know, some beneficial program that is being run inside the prison. I am not, um, I'm not uh, clear on these details. Okay, he posted event, but let me click on the event right quick and see if there's more details there. This is again on BTR community. Nope, all I got is the fly, uh, flyer. Okay, all right, so. Let me jump on what's in the news. A uh, couple of things. Um, some of these articles we will we will take a little time to uh, talk about. Uh, let me get to the right page. Is this the right page? Five thirty today is five thirty. Okay, open discussion with Scotty and Pastor Keith. Because uh, some of these articles I think we shared yesterday. Um, but anyway. China accuses U.S. of economic terrorism as trade war tensions escalate. China accused the Trump administration of committing economic terrorism on Thursday. Escalating is war of words with the United States amid rising trade tensions between the two countries. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs said the White House had brought huge damage to the economy of other countries and the U.S. itself. Spokesperson Liu Kang told reporters in Beijing on Thursday. That came from CNN.com. Um, it's AMP.CNN.com. AMP.CNN.com. So that could be, I don't know why it's uh, saying that. It could be like for the mobile version or something. Uh, anyway. Keith, at any time you want to stop me on an article and want to comment or any other listeners, if y'all want me to pause for a moment as I go through these stories and discuss them more in depth, just jump in. Just jump in and say, excuse me, Scotty. Like Dave tells everyone, just say, excuse me. I would like to comment. Um, and we'll, we'll uh, stop and pause and uh, let you make your comment, share your observation. Again, um, let me turn off my phone. don't know who that is. I forget to turn my phone off because usually I can answer my phone when I'm just engineering in the background, but I'm hosting, so I can't pick up the phone. That was a local number, so I may have to take a break and uh, call that number back. I don't recognize the number, but it could be um, family members uh, trying to get in touch with me. Okay, so... China accused the U.S. of economic terrorism, and uh, some people would agree agree with that. Uh, Ed Erdogan, Erdogan, I don't know how to pronounce this man's name, uh, from Turkey. This comes to you from Al Jazeera dot com, and this is the Turkey president or the Turkish president, I should say, reiterates call to create working group on Russian. S four hundred. Now we reported in the past the United States and the Trump, the Trump administration got angry with Turkey um, because they were purchasing, going to purchase that Russian missile defense system. Um, I hadn't heard a whole lot more about that um, until now um, about whether or not they were going to purchase them or they, they were going to cancel. The purchase cause see another thing besides slavery that the United States still makes a lot of money on is uh the military industrial complex. They are arms dealers. Um and so 
they want their customers, they want loyal customers, and they don't want turkey purchasing non-American uh, part, uh, defense systems or equipment. So it says that this was just published 17 hours ago. Uh, Turkish President Erdogan and U.S. President Donald Trump will meet at next month's group of, G- of, of Group of 20 or G20 summit to discuss bilateral issues, including Ankara's plan to buy a Russian missile defense system that has raised the ire of the United States. Uh, let me see. Did you have something you wanted to share, Keith? I heard something. No, I um, I think that was an understatement, what you said when you started talking about the military complex. Yeah. Um, and they getting paid in both directions. Yeah. We talked about the fact that, you know, they were missing... Now remember this: if you if you look at our budget, our spending budget, it's 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 I believe it's the biggest chunk that comes out of it every year. So that alone lets you know how huge it is. But we talked about it several several weeks ago: the fact that since I think it was like ten years or something, I I can't remember this amount of time, but in that period of time, they were missing twenty. One trillion dollars, twenty-one trillion. So they believe that all went towards the same thing—the military complex. So if you look at they're missing twenty-one trillion, and it's the biggest part of our budget, spending budget every year. What do you come up with? Mm-hmm. I'm like, but Keith, is it missing? And this is a question. Is it missing or did somebody steal it? I think they're one in the same. You think they're one in the same? Then why does the media use the words missing? <laughs> you know, why not the just say... why they use the word missing is because either way, it can't be accounted for. So even if it's stolen, you still can't account for it. Yeah, but you can you do know? an investigation and hold somebody responsible. Somebody's responsible for these ones and zeros disappearing, um, you know, electronically from a bank account or something. Something is going on, you know. So I think it's because when you say missing, that sounds like, and, and, and not you personally, Keith, but you notice anytime we get a report from the mainstream media, they always use the word missing. Like, hey, I misplaced my, my car keys or something. My car keys are missing. Anybody seen my car keys this morning? And, and and as opposed to somebody stole my car keys, my car gone, I'm calling the police, we need to find out who took my car. You know, there's going to be, uh, somebody's going to pay for this. There's going to be accountability. You know, so I mean, I don't think it's missing. I think somebody stole it. I think a crime has occurred. I don't think that it just got up and walked away and or somebody misplaced it. I think somebody stole it and there needs to be accountability. How you steal $21 trillion? I would like to read that book, Keith. Okay, but here's what the problem is. Not in your argument, but a problem nevertheless. You use the word uh, accountability. What's accountability got to do with the world that we live in? 
I mean, we're not accountable for nothing in this country. Nobody's held accountable for nothing. You know, when I was a Marine Corps officer, mm-hmm. uh, when we were going through training, and uh, don't get me wrong, we, we, we had the big head. We had it going on. You seen us in our dress blues and stuff, and we got platoons, and you, you, you couldn't tell us nothing. But with that being said, they used to hammer us for, for everything. You know, you bounce a check and your butt was, was, you were in hot water. You know, just small things, they'd hammer you for it. So I asked him one day, I'm like, look, we are officers. You know, we have all this responsibility. Why do you hammer us for such trivial type things? Here's what their answer was, and it was a great answer. They say, you are a leader to your people. You are the example that they need to look to to guide their own actions and behavior. Fantastic answer, right? But our society runs just the opposite. Look at you. See, when you're in a position of just like what they said, that the people look up to you, you should act in a manner of what they used to call unapproachable. But again, the arguments are just the opposite. Look, when we go back to uh, with Nixon, I believe he was pardoned, was he not? Do you remember? Anyway, uh, the argument. I'm sorry, you asked me who if who was pardoned. Was it Nixon pardoned? I don't know that he ever stood trial. Uh, I I know that he resigned before they can impeach him. Um, I know Gerald right. Ford issued a pardon, but I'm not clear. My 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 uh, knowledge of that period of history on that subject is kind of foggy. I know Gerald Ford issued him a pardon, but I don't know what for because he never had a criminal trial. He was never in prison. You know, maybe. It was criminal charges pending once he resigned, and that's what he, why he, I don't know, Keith, to be honest with you, but. Well, and and you're exactly right. That's what it was. But my point is, as a president, look, if we got hammered for being junior officers because of the fact of our position and we need to be looked up to, which is a good philosophy, how much more so than president? But we do just the opposite. You know, I even heard in the courtrooms when I used to be in the courtrooms and you'd have these business people and these wealthy people and all these kinds of things, you know, their arguments was exactly that. They say, look, this person might have done some some of these things, but they are pillars in our community. They've done this and this. They've done so much good. That's all the more reason why they need to be hammered because of that position. They need to be hammered because they had options that the masses don't even have. But again, our society reflects just the opposite. When you had when you had the collapse of the of the uh, of the, uh, uh, the the system in the in the late nineties, who collapsed it? The people that had money, the well-to-do, the upper crust, and all of that. Who was bailed out? They were right. So where they should have been held accountable, 
They did greatly more so than your average. Our country runs just the opposite. Right. The opposite. Right. They say one thing. They say there's a rule of law and no one's above it. But <laughs> in practice, uh, plenty of them are above the law. If they got the right last name in today's um, um, time of politics, uh, but people are held accountable. It's just it's those those who act, let's say, in the best interest of humanity or with or let's just call them a whistleblower. You know, they didn't put um, um, Manning back in prison, you know, that leaked that video footage to WikiLeaks. Um, they trying, you know, they trying to indict Julian Assange for publishing, you know, that stuff. So who they hold accountable for their actions um, just depends on what the person is engaged in. If they, you know, when you brought up the military, you know, again, I was reminded of all the tweets, the thousands of tweets when the U.S. Army on Twitter said, tell us how your service impacted you. And then people started talking about how they was raped, um, how the one woman, her commander raped her, but he didn't get demoted until the next year that he stole when he stole a laptop and they just knocked him down one rank. Well, where was the criminal prosecution? You know, that happened in my unit, Keith. A, um, a young uh, black woman came in. She was, uh, you know, she had some college, so she came in as an E3, Keith. And then she was working in the supply um, supply department um, with this Hispanic, um, uh, what was he? He was a sergeant first class, sergeant first class. And, you know, you never, you we ask ourselves, why do people allow themselves to be victimized? But, you know, I don't want to victim blame because I don't know um, what was in that girl's mind. But he used to force her to stand at, you know, well, he he used bribery too. He used, I'm just going to be honest, he used bribery too. And then when he didn't promote her and she didn't make sergeant as fast as what he said, then she told it that, you know, he will be digging in her pants and stuff, you know, why they supposed to be on duty. And, you know, say he was molesting her, but it was more to it than that. But he wasn't ever prosecuted. He just got busted down uh, a couple of ranks and what have you. So um, sometimes when they call themselves holding people accountable, man, the, the, the accountability does not match the crime. The punishment doesn't match the crime is all I was trying to say. But I get your point, Keith. They say, you know, one thing, but what they do in practice is another. That's what you were saying, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and you can do it another way. It, and like I said, it's pervasive all the way through our society, Scotty. Look, let's look at the difference between blue crime and white crime, right? right? Now, if you go to these courts and see the way that they put these people away for decades for a blue crime, and if you look at the damages of that blue crime, it doesn't come near the damages of those white crimes. I mean, these white crimes, literally, they steal millions of dollars from a countless number of people, and they'll get four, five, six years. Whereas you have a robbery, and no gun was, uh, you know, the gun wasn't used, and there was an exchange of uh, $30, and this guy gets 20 years. Well, how do you justify that? You know, 
and we can do this forever in a day. Yeah, we could. This country has no accountability at all, mm-hmm. except for like what you said, when they use it as a weapon. And generally when they use it as a weapon, it's against somebody that has uh, fewer options, fewer hopes, you know, the whole nine yards. Right. Let's uh, move on to get through some of these stories, and we'll get in the open forum. And, um, you know, again, if you would like to chime in, just give us a call, 704-802-5056. Hit the star key twice. I'll try to keep uh, watching the board, and or I may hear you come online if you uh, let me know you're there. Um, let me go to this. Saudi Arabia, Keith, is, uh, again, it's, I, I talked about last week, how I mentioned how Saudi Arabian newspapers were blaming Iran and trying to put uh, pressure on the United States to do a strategic uh, strike on Iran on their behalf. And, you know, I went on a rant about why won't you attack them? You say that they attack your ships and damage your ships or your your uh, pipeline and Iran's behind it. Why don't you do a, a surgical strike on Iran, you know, and so they still pushing for war. Um, Sputnik News reports that Saudi Arabia calls for all means of force to confront attacks blamed on Iran. Two Saudi oil tankers and two other vessels were targeted earlier this month near uh, Fajarah, one of the seven Arab Emirates in what the UAE's foreign ministry has described as acts of sabotage. During a meeting of foreign ministers for the Organization of Islamic Cooperation on Thursday, Saudi Arabia's foreign minister, Ibrahim al-Asaf, called on Muslim nations to confront vessel attacks off the UAE coast that the United States has blamed on Iran with all means of force and firmness. So they're trying, it sounds like Saudi Arabia is trying to um, uh, create a Islamic coalition or a Muslim coalition among Muslim nations to all attack Iran. And as a, I don't know if you remember, Keith, but I mentioned yesterday that the Iraqis, the Iranians, and the Palestinians had had met, and you know, um, are are working together. Um, so, all of these Muslim countries, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if any of them answers Saudi Arabia's call. Uh, what what do you think? I think uh, there was that's very powerful that uh, the things you talked about. I and I see that's the same vein as I see North and South Korea. And if you can remember when we were talking about uh, what was going to happen when uh, the president first started negotiating and stuff, and later on an announcement came out in the North Korea's Koreans, they put out a message in which they called the South Koreans uh, brothers. Yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah, and I see this as the same thing. Look, those people have a whole lot more in common with each other than they have with being allies to the United States. You know, you're, you're talking about blood and everything else between them. Mm-hmm. Um, as they say, blood is thicker than water. Mm-hmm. They so- have a lot more in common with each other than they do with the United States and the people of the United States. Especially a light of when they start looking at the history of 
their treatment from the United States. You know, everything colonization. Yeah, it's all it's all what's the motivation behind everything that they received from the United States? Is it for their good? Is it for their well being? Eventually people wake up to all those things. Yeah, and but even when people wake up, fear may make them unable to act. It may paralyze them. Um, you know, because even the Iraqis were saying, look, we would like to keep good relations with the United States, but you're not going to use Iraq as some staging ground to attack uh, Iranians. And then, you know, they had said that, and that was before they uh, uh, had official uh, an official conference with the Iranians along with the Palestinians. Um, it says that uh, it talks about Bolton, uh, John Bolton. Uh, Trump calls him the mustache. Uh, the point is to make it very clear to Iran and its surrogates that these kinds of actions risk a very strong response from the United States. Again, the UAE isn't even blaming Iran. Uh, I don't know why Sputnik News maybe is an oversight by the writer or, or the editor or whatever. Um, but even the UAE says that they're not pointing fingers at anybody. They're saying it occurred, but they don't know who did it. But now, you know, it seems like the tone of U.S. media, and, you know, I know I realize Sputnik News isn't U.S. media, but, um, you know, they take on the tone like it's a done deal, like, oh, we for sure. I mean, we talked about it yesterday, using words like it's likely this happened and, and, and what have you. Um, again, this is a false flag. This, I, I feel like, you know, how do I know Saudi Arabia didn't cause that minor damage uh, to that oil pipeline in their country themselves? You know, how I know that they ain't the ones behind this. You know, um, it was more Saudi Arabia. Hey, Keith, now tell me if I'm wrong, if you remember. Um, wasn't nine of the 12 alleged hijackers from Saudi Arabia, or was they from Iran? Where were they from? Can't remember, Scotty. They were from Saudi Arabia. I, I do. I think they were <laughs> Iran. Yeah, I don't think they were from Iran. So I think you're absolutely right with that. Yeah, they were from Saudi Arabia. But you know what, Scotty? And that goes back to what we were talking about yesterday. How do you navigate through anything when nobody has any credibility? Mm. So you keep saying that, you know, a lot of this stuff is, uh, is uh, what do you call it when, when they come out with false information? What do you call that? Propaganda. Uh, no, when, when uh, another country says something happens. False flags? Yeah, false flags is when, when um, either you stage an attack or you say one happened that never happened. It, but it, yeah, it's false exactly. flag. Exactly. So the question is, how do you navigate what's a false flag or what isn't a false flag when there is no credibility? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you look? And, and we talked about some of these things yesterday, too. How do I enter into a negotiation with you, Scotty, if I can't believe anything you say? And that's kind of where things are right now. You know, that's the way the countries are looking 
at the United States right now. So I think they're getting to the point where it's not how do I enter into negotiation with you when I can't trust nothing you say. It's more to the point now where, you know what, I don't think I want to deal with you at all because I can't trust anything you say. Mm -hmm. And since we can't trust anything that you say, that works both ways, like you said, because now I can say anything that I want to say about you because the people at this point are going to say, well, yeah, I believe it. Look at their past. Look at their history. They've never been honest. Mm-hmm. They've never dealt with us on a, on an evil uh, even platform. Yeah, I believe it. And even if I don't believe it, I can see where it could be true. Mm-hmm. Let's um, speaking of credibility. Here's another article. Highly likely, um, Dave shared this. Uh, we talked about it yesterday. But um, RT came out with this. Highly likely is the new evidence. Five times Western officials had no proof, but the media fell for it. And I'm going to say the media didn't fall for it. Um, The media, I have, man, I wish I could find that resource. But it was like back in 2008 where I found a U.S. media executive from um, this was like during the 50s where this person was saying that, not long after World War II, but this executive was quoted as saying that the U.S. media uh, job is not to question what the U.S. government tells them, but to publish the information. He was basically saying it's our patriotic duty to propagandize the public, whether whether this is true uh, 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 information that we're sharing or whether it's false information that we're sharing. Um, and again, I've mentioned, if you look up COINTELPRO, or CIA and FBI surveillance programs of the past, you'll find that they've always had had uh, um, reporters working for them as agents in the media, uh, sometimes even writing the columns for them or approving the columns after review. Um, that's, that's part of the history. But this speaks to what you know Keith was talking about just now. Um, when throwing out serious accusations, it's always good to back up one's claims with proof. But the need for evidence seems to have gone out the window lately, replaced with assertions like highly likely and almost certainly. From the serious to the absurd, the list of crimes and oddities which Western governments and experts have assigned blame for sans evidence or investigation, I think that means absent when they say sans. Um, let me look that up. S A N uh S. No, we're not looking for the SANS Institute. Um SANS definition is without. Just say without. Just say without. <laughs> so we don't have to look up these words. Not saying that um I I um um have something against looking up words, but when you're writing for the masses just say have assigned blame without evidence. Sans evidence, most people wouldn't have known what that meant. I didn't know what it meant. But without evidence or investigation seems to be growing exponentially in recent years. The media, which could have learned a thing or two from the illegal invasion of Iraq, a war launched based on fabricated evidence, seems to be fairly accepting of the lax standards. Here's five times the mere say-so 
of authorities was enough to pin blame. Iran almost certainly attacked Saudi tankers. Uh, U.S. National Security Advisor John Bolton claimed this week that Iran was almost certainly behind a recent attack on ships, including two Saudi oil tankers in the Gulf of Oman. Now, one for detail, Bolton declined to offer actual evidence to back up the allegation. Next one, highly likely Russia poisoned Skripal. British Prime Minister Theresa May, who has recently resigned, um, that's me informing you that um, she just resigned. Uh, it was a big thing on Twitter about it. They was talking about white women's tears and and uh, people talking about feeling sorry for her and other people were saying, well, she didn't feel sorry for the people that was affected by the terrible policies she championed, but whatever. But it says, it's talking about uh, Russia, highly likely Russia poisoned Skripal, um, said that Theresa May barely waited until the doctors had examined Sergi and Yulia Skripal before accusing Russia of being behind their poisoning last March. May quickly rallied Western governments, prompting a mass expulsion of Russian diplomats without providing any actual evidence of Moscow's guilt. She emphatically told Parliament that Russia was, quote, highly likely the culprit. Mainstream media, of course, instantly jumped on that bandwagon and dissenting voices were banished from the airways. Um, here's another one I just saw recently. Beluga whale, most likely spying for Putin. In April, Western media was hysterical over the discovery of a Peluga whale with suspected Russian military <laughs> ties. The whale, spotted by a fisherman in Norwegian waters, was wearing a harness, which led to suggestions that some nefarious Russian activity was going on. One expert at the Arctic University of Norway in Tromso took a leaf out of the CIA's book telling the media that the whale was most likely trained by Russia for military purposes. The claim was repeated ad nauseum until it was countered by another Norwegian report that the whale could actually have been trained to entertain children. Oops. Um, another one. <laughs> Man, I tell you, Keith. Um, got two more. Uh, Assad, highly likely responsible for Duma. Syrian President Bashar al-Assad was, quote-unquote, highly likely responsible for a chemical attack on the city of Douma in 2018, according to the British government. The incident was used as an easy pretext for U.S., British, and French bombing in Syria. Surely they would never lie to us. Well, a report leaked by OPCW engineers earlier this month contradicts the narrative of the Duma attack. Its findings implying that it could have been a staged provocation designed to justify um, Western bombing. Um, let me see, Aaron Matei, he's a good reporter. Um, he's an independent reporter. You'll see him on the Real News, which is based in Baltimore as well. But Aaron Matei says, some people on here, on Twitter said, some people on here think a leaked OPCW report that challenges the rationale for U.S. military strikes on Syria is unworthy of coverage and that an imminent MIT physicist is unworthy of being interviewed on the topic. We have different ideas of what journalism is about. 
I tell you, uh, uh, I'm in agreement with Mr. Mate. Um, not Petya, not Petya, cyber attack, almost certainly Russia. Both the U.S. and British governments also blame Russia. Surprise for the so-called Napetia cyber attack, which hit companies and government systems around the world in 2017, with London saying Moscow almost certainly behind the attack. Several Russian companies were also targeted in the attack, and officials never gave evidence or explained why the attack was instantly blamed on Russia. But while government officials, experts, and the media often happen to point the finger without evidence, it's highly likely that there aren't all that they are not always correct. So that's the five stories there, uh, Keith that uh, where highly likely is the new standard of evidence. Five times Western officials had no proof, but the media fell for it. Again, I would not have chose the words fell for it. I would have said willingly advance um, um, the uh, narrative. Keith, any thoughts on that? Not yet. it all still goes back to them jumping stuff up. Even in the beginning when you talked about we have different viewpoints of journalism. Not really. We really don't. Um, it just has to do with what they've done with gener- uh, journalism and how they've made all this mess acceptable to the people. I think I Mr. Matei was being sarcastic, though. And I agree. And I, I agree. I believe that he was also. But that sarcasm to the people like us that are talking about it, yeah, we understand it. But the masses don't. Therefore, that brings even his sarcasm, it brings it back around to truth. You know, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about. Uh, what, what is what? Is reality perception? No, but perception definitely becomes reality. Yeah, that's you know? that's true, Keith. Uh, I, I would say uh, reality is it, a person's, an uh, individual's reality is based on what they perceive the world to be. And that is why Malcolm X said the media's most powerful entity on the face of the planet. It can make the innocent look guilty and the guilty look innocent. Well, how do they do that? They try to they try to control the information or the narrative and so that people perceive a certain reality about an individual or a certain uh situation. Exactly. Exactly. And that's kind of where we're going with these conversations is everything, our world, Scotty, is becoming a muddled mess. Mm -hmm. It's becoming chaos. And that chaos is being manufactured because ultimately the people that are doing it, that's exactly what they want. And it all works towards the, the masses detriment not the not the the few that are causing it. You know, it works to their advantage. Some kind of way the masses have to wake up to this stuff. Is that going to happen? It usually doesn't until destruction comes. 
Uh, let me take a short uh, station identification break. You're listening to Tando Radio Show, and I'm going to uh, just push through um, the rest of these articles. I do have an audio clip um, that I shared from uh, Rick Sanchez's RT America report. I saw it last night, and I sent it to Dave this morning. So um, last night I sent it to him, and um, so he included that. Um, but let me take this station identification break. I will shoot through some of these articles and then we'll move into open form. Hope to hear from you if you have something that you would like like to share uh, with us this morning here on Tando Radio Show. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. All right. Um, again, I'm in BTR community, Black Talk Radio community. You can find us online at btrcommunity.com, or, or you can also use the um, URL or the URL, um, which is community.blacktalkradionetwork.com. Um, so that will take you to our social media community where you can share information, post uh, stories, post videos. Uh, you don't have to use your real name. You could use a use an alias or what have you. Uh, the main goal of this is to give you an alternative uh, to Facebook and and these other social media platforms because um, we kept kept hearing a whole lot of people complaining about what those platforms do. So uh, two years ago, uh, we set up btrcommunity.com. Hope that people take advantage of it or you know continue to be exploited. Uh, by Mark Zuckerberg. Um, Press TV. Press TV is reporting Venezuela government opposition opposition talks fail in Norway. So Guaido and Maduro's um, were the Venezuelan government and this pseudo opposition. Um, again, I wouldn't even call Guaido the opposition because nobody likes him inside of Venezuela. You know what I'm saying? Uh, very, very small. Even the 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 recognized opposition in Venezuela um, that have positions in government because they have sort of like a party system too. Um, even they don't back Guaido, so I wouldn't describe this as the Venezuelan government in the opposition having talks that failed in Norway. I would say that the Venezuelan government in the talks between the U.S. representative Guaido failed. But it says representatives of the Venezuela government and opposition have failed to reach an agreement in Norway to resolve the Latin American country's political and economic crisis. The end of the Norway-mediated talks in Oslo was announced without an agreement on Wednesday. I tell you, though, um, maybe this is uh, above my pay grade, but if I was Maduro, and I understand, he's he don't want to see anybody get killed, perhaps especially his people, because it's going to be high civilian casualties, because that's what happens every time um, the U.S. involves itself in, in a war. And it's not just the U.S. Other countries have fought in high casualties. You look at some of the conflicts in Africa, high ca- casualties, civilian casualties, I should say. But I would, I was like, man, if, if Guaido trapped Norway, he'd have a hard time getting back into Venezuela if I was Maduro running the government. Um Next article, USF, 
35, United States F-35 jet production at risk if China cuts rare earth, rare, rare earth exports amid trade talk. The ongoing trade war between the United States and China may take a dramatic turn for the Pentagon if Beijing, the leader supplier of rare earths, chooses to give Donald Trump a taste of his own medicine and imposes tariffs on minerals essential for the manufacture of everything from military equipment to high-tech products. Now, I touched on some of this yesterday, Keith, so I'm going to play uh, this uh, clip from Rick Sanchez's show on RT um, because he's talking about this very thing. And uh, when we come back, um, you know, I'll ask if anybody has any commentary. Let me see. Uh, There is a couple of more articles, but I'll just shoot through those real quick. Um, And then we'll move into open forum, and I want to open it up by um, telling you we need to guard our children against the whores of Babylon. And I'll explain more when we get to that. All right, so this is uh, Rick Sanchez on RT last uh, yesterday, yesterday, so let me cue that up. From the national headquarters of RT America here in our nation's capital, hello again everybody, I'm Rick Sanchez. The question it almost feels like Let me stop it for a moment, I'm sorry. Let me stop it for a moment and uh, let it download some more. That's why it keeps pausing like that. All right, now, let me try it now. Let me start it over. From the national headquarters of RT America here in our nation's capital, hello again, everybody. I'm Rick Sanchez. The question it almost feels like we have to begin our newscast with tonight is this. Are we due for another recession? That question is salient today more than ever because it seems everywhere people seem to be talking about the signals, which is the economic lingo for this is the indicators that seem to be screaming for attention on this day. So let's give them the attention they seem to be screaming for, right? Let's begin with the stock market. Let's look at this. The Dow hit a three-month low today, and for the month, it's been down consistently by about 1,000 points. What else is down? World currencies. World currencies, 80% of the world's 143 currencies have fallen in value this year so far. But here's the big one that has everybody all shook up today. The bond market has investors kind of freaked out. Why? Because the U.S. 10-year Treasury yield hit a 20-month low, and it was surpassed by the three-month Treasury bill. I know. To many of you, that may sound like gobbledygook. So here, let me try and uh, break it down for you and try and explain to you what this really means. What this means is that investors have some confidence in the next three months, but not a lot of confidence in the next 10 years. Ouch. Let me say that again. They seem to have a lot of confidence in the next three months but not a lot of confidence in the next 10 years. That's what we learned today. So what I just outlined for you is what you're going to read in uh, most of your newspapers or see on CNN or CNBC or the BBC. Basics, right? What everybody was reporting on today. What reporters were pointing to, the Dow, the currencies, the bonds, and saying, oh, wow, look, could be a recession coming. But that's not really how it works, folks, because, see, if everybody's talking about it, as they say in the South, that 
ain't what's going to get you, right? If you see the snake, the snake won't bite you. Why? Because markets and people adjust. What gets you is what you don't see coming more often than not. Maybe from as far away as China, for example. And that is what we're going to be talking about with RT's Christy I here on the news with Rick Sanchez, where we do believe it is time to do news again. Okay, so we're going to begin tonight with a very spooked market and fears of what could turn into a global recession. The spooky part is what the numbers seem to be saying. But if everybody's looking at the same numbers, they likely won't catch anybody by surprise, right? Usually, it's what we don't see coming that affects us. For example, in my book, Conventional Idiocy, I detailed how credit default swaps caused the 2008 meltdown because most people didn't even know what the hell they were. So it caught them by surprise, right? So now we ask the same question. What, what could be the potential trigger like the credit default swaps may have been back in 2008, that can kind of uh, bite us this time around. Joining us now is RT Boom Bust host Christy I, who's good enough to share some of her wisdom uh, with us on this. First of all, do you agree with my assessment about uh, that, that these indicators that we just talked about, that everybody's been big on all day, every, they've been the headline in every story, that they aren't necessarily what's going to be the problem, right? Exactly. I think the fears of the indicators are a little bit overblown because let's not forget these indicators are actually there because though that's what traders actually did. That's a reflection of actual trader behavior of them deleveraging from the market and actually switching to a more conservative approach to the market. They're de-risking and deleveraging because they're cautious. So in any case, they're trying, in actuality, they're actually preventing a recession from happening by taking capital out of the market. So they're average. bailing out of the boat because they see the water's coming overboard. Exactly. And because they're bailing, then the water won't go overboard. So that's, the, so that's what's not what people aren't seeing. You seem to think that what probably could get us or bite us in the behind as I like <laughs> to say using the southern refrains is the possibility of some kind of tech war now more than ever explain that to us exactly because a recession doesn't just pop out of nowhere it needs something to cause it there has to be some sort of catalyst a spark to cause the perfect storm and right now it seems like the perfect storm could be when the trade war gets escalated and right now we seem to be in an escalation phase there are bluffs on both sides both sides are threatening each other china threatened the U.S. that they would uh, reduce their exports of rare earth minerals. The U.S. threatened to claim that they are interfering with monetary policy and manipulating the currency. So those are both threats. What happens when those threats actually become actionable reactions to the market? So there's a huge difference. And you say the trend has been more of a bluff uh, scenario. And now what you see coming is we're moving into the non-bluff scenario. Actionable. When actions, exactly. Yeah. And when, the, when you see the market's been spooked this much simply from the two sides calling each other out on their bluffs and just talking about potential threats, what would happen when they actually start going going and implementing those threats? You were the first to go on the air, and everybody has since been running this story. When you came on this show, as a matter of fact, sometime last week, I believe, and you mentioned rare earth minerals. China could somehow withhold those rare earth minerals, which could cause chaos economically. Explain that once more. So China actually already did this back in 2010. And when they did that to in, in mitigated about 40 percent of exports to the Japan, they actually stagnated the entire tech economy for, a, for about five years. And that actually halted a lot of development. U.S. right now is known for actually drive, is the driving force behind new technology. And so without this supply of rare earth minerals, this could totally put a dent on the high tech industry, which, as we said, has been pretty much fueling this entire 
entire bull market. The U.S. is driven by biotech, healthcare, and pretty much the tech sector. If we take out tech and biotech, then what's left to drive the U.S. market? And interestingly enough, China has dominion of these rare earth minerals, right? Something like 80 or 90 percent of the world's rare earth minerals? 95 percent of the world's rare earth minerals, and U.S. claims 80 percent of those exports. That is really something to follow. That's amazing. Christy, fantastic. Wow. So not only do 80% of the world uh, have to get its uh, rare earth mineral supply from China, but particularly in the United States, 80% of industry in the United States uh, needs something from China. Um, let me share this article right quick, Keith, and I, I'll go to you for your comments or I'll check the uh, a line and see if that's somebody else that wants to comment. But let me let me comment on this right. Uh, read read a little bit of this article right quick. Um, the on, the U.S. F thirty five jet jet production at risk if China cuts rare earth exports amid trade war. The ongoing trade war between the United States and China may take a dramatic turn for the Pentagon if Beijing, the leading supplier of rare earths, chooses to give Donald Trump a taste of his own medicine. Um, and impose tariffs on minerals essential for the manufacture of everything from military equipment to high-tech products. Now, this goes back to when Ross had posted something about this in BTR community, and I was saying China is not going to do that. They are not going to cut their exports. Um, excuse me, not cut their exports, but they're not going. This will be seen as an act of war. Um, the United States knows it needs these rare earth mineral, minerals for various industries and, you know, you just can't make these products without it. Well, the U.S. made fifth generation F-35 Lightning II Joint Strike Fighter is one of those uh, uh, products, if you will, that may fall victim to the ongoing trade war between Washington and Beijing as Chinese media outlets have speculated over a possible ban of sales of rare earths, elements critical to the production of cutting-edge weapons and high-tech products in retaliation for U.S. tariffs, according to Bloomberg. Again, I don't think that they will ban the sale, but I think that they will put high tariffs on it to where the military industrial complex, um, let's say these tech companies like Texas Instruments, uh, um, any all of that will cause their prices to go up. And it's going to be passed along uh, to the consumer and, and what have you. But when you're talking about military weaponry, uh, fighter jets, things of that nature, avionics and what have you, um, man, that is totally critical. Um, not only, okay, once you produce it, well, you need parts. Parts don't, sometimes these minerals could burn out or something. And then are you going to be able to replace them? And then at what cost? So um, this is a very strategic area that China has positioned itself in. Um, let me unmute you, Keith, your thoughts. Yeah, Scotty, that, that's why none of this makes any sense to me. When you start looking at this, this, uh, th these uh, trade tariffs and all of that, none of this made any sense to me because we did everything with a disadvantaged position. So even if you talk about going to war, what is one of the most important things about welfare, uh, warfare? And one of the most important things is, as we know, is to cut off the supply line. 
right? Cut off their 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 channels of being reached with whatever, whether it be food, water, ammunition, whatever. Well, okay, so we're talking about going to war with a nation that controls three quarters of our supply. How does that make sense? More than three quarters. Three quarters in a nickel. Eighty percent. <laughs> It makes no sense. Zero sense. You know? Now, I... The old adage, how do you bite the hand that feeds you? Yeah. Well, that nation is feeding us everything. Food, water, ammunition, technology, precious metal. You, you, we go on and on. Yeah. How are you looking at approaching the table with them in a, in a, in a forceful manner? Belligerence is what I would That makes co- no sense to me whatsoever, Scotty. Yeah. Well, again, um, we should be preparing. Um, I wish Dave was here because he really, you know, is good about explaining uh, the intricacies of these markets and, and the interconnectedness and what have you. Um, but tomorrow is Financial Friday. Perhaps he'll be back tomorrow. Um, but if there's, n- let me just go through a couple of quick headlines. I'm not going to comment on these articles, just share them with you and then move into open forum portion. Uh, I want to talk about the horrors of Babylon. Um, so let me get back to the page. Um, I know I didn't close it out. Where's the page for Tando Radio Show? I must have shut it down. I must have shut it down. But you can find them. I'm getting back to btrcommunity.com right now. So give me a second. And um, I'll share the rest of those articles. Again, you can check them out. Um, Become a member of btrcommunity.com, a more secure uh, social media platform where your information is not up for sale. Um, Let's see. Let me find Dave again. Okay, here's Dave's uh, thread right here. And uh, let me share the rest of these stories. Oh, man, let me get to them. Okay, three comments. Okay, I already read those. Just waiting on it to load up. All right, so um, the next few articles, I already mentioned the F-35 production at risk. Um... RT International is reporting dollar beware. Serbia and Philippines joined the global gold hunt. Two more nations, Serbia and the Philippines, have boosted their national gold reserves. They follow a global trend of other central banks accumulating bullion in a move seen as a shift away from the U.S. dollar standard. Belgrade will increase its gold reserves from 20 to 30 tons by the end of this year, according to Serbian media company, uh, um, media company Novusti. So again, you know, check out prosperitymint.com if you want to position yourself uh, for what's coming Um, because obviously these other nations uh, see that the dollar's in trouble. Um, Next article, does China have enough U.S. dollars as the trade war escalate? China taking steps to retain U.S. dollars as a buffer against a financial uh, system crisis as supply of dollars in domestic system 
um, Titans. Now, that's kind of contradictory, um, but like I said, I'm going to move on. Y'all can read the rest of that article. Uh, the headline, Does China Have Enough U.S. Dollars as the Trade War Escalates? Um, Press TV, Iran leader rules out talks with U.S. as fruitless and harmful. Leader of the Islamic Revolution, Ayatollah, Ayatollah Khomeini has ruled out the possibility of talks between Tehran and Washington, saying such negotiations will be fruitless, harmful, and a total uh, loss. And again, you know, um, this has been reported over a few days now, and it goes back to the issue of credibility. That's the issue that they were raising. Um, they are like, you entered into agreements with Saddam. You entered into agreements with Gaddafi. You, you know, um, and we want to get historic on you. Look at all the treaties you broke with the Native Americans. Why should anybody trust you? Why did we? Th why would we think that you would come to any talk, um, you know, in the spirit of sincer sincerity? Uh, no, it would be fruitless and harmful. Um, so I tell you, man, we're going to keep an eye on that. Uh, top U.S. military official says Beijing of achieving South China Sea's goal. General Joseph F. Dunford, Jr., chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staffs, warns that any future expansion in the area must be checked with a collective response. Yeah, because, yeah, we can't allow them to be right off the coast of uh, the United States making artificial islands. Oh, wait a minute. They're not off the coast of the United States. They're off the coast of China. Oh, Man, I tell you. Um, White House wanted the USS John S. McCain obscured during Trump's Japan visit. That relates to, you know, the pettiness between the pettiness Donald Trump had for John McCain. And I'm not sitting up here saying John McCain had a legacy that anybody should respect. But that's what this pointing to. Uh, Donald Trump didn't like John McCain, John McCain didn't like Donald Trump. And I say when white supremacists are fighting each other, um, the rest of us win. Okay, but John McCain's dead now, so it's it's kind of, but he just did not, that's how petty he is, that he want, he did not want people to know that he was giving a press conference from the USS John McCain. <laughs> so whatever, uh, dude. Now. Keith, anything before I go into why I want to play this clip uh, from somebody called Diva Ty, who's trashing this black man for calling out Cardi B um, for saying that, hey, what you're talking about is hoism. You're talking about hoeing yourself. I wouldn't have chose that word. Um, I would have said prostitution. Um, and But we'll take, we'll, uh, before I move into that, did anything on the stories I read, Keith, real quick? No, I'm ready. Okay. Now, so I came across this crip, uh, excuse me, this tweet on Twitter as I was uh, scanning it for uh, some of my news sources. Now, I don't follow this person, but, you know, they may have paid to promote it, and that's why I saw it. Or, you know, um, it just got in my news feed some kind of way or my Twitter stream. So, scam likely... <laughs> Uh, scam likely that's the name of the Twitter account at Diva Ty said I'll always appreciate Peter Guns being trashed because this is the day I decided to stand Cardi B. Now I don't know what that what S T A N means. Uh, I decided to stand Cardi B, but 
when you listen to the clip, there's only one guy who speaks, and she's calling him trash for what he said in response to what Cardi B said. Um, so let me go ahead and run that clip. Uh, Keith, we're, we're hearing uh, whatever it is that you're doing in the background. So uh, kind of watch watch that. But I'm a going I'm going to play this clip for you from Scam Likely. I don't know what show this was on. It was season six, episode fourteen. I do not know what what show. So it's some type of programming on cable, I'm sure. So let's go ahead. It's a reality TV show, I, I suppose. But let me go ahead and play it. What is the craziest thing you've used a man for? You pay my rent for six months straight because you like me. And that's happened? Yeah, of course it happens. Okay. But Nina, every relationship is about being used. That's what it's about. You in a relationship to take something from the relationship and to give something. A lot of these men will tell you, like, listen, I got a wife, but I want to have a good time. Oh, and I got bills, and I want them to be paid. Let me say this real quick. Let me say this real quick. For a woman to say, you want, you want some of this ass? You want some of this I want some money. That's, uh, that's, that's hoeing. That's not hoeing. Because sometimes I don't, don't, don't got to get no, guys ass no, 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 to get what no, I want let me, from let them. Let me speak. No, that's not what she's saying. What she's saying is if, if I'm with a and you, you want to lay down with me, you don't want me to have somewhere to wash my ass? You don't want me to have somewhere to lay down? When I, I guess what I'm trying but to it's say... It's okay for the first thing for you to ask a chick for some ass, though, I'm right? not asking That's a okay. chick. You got a lot of love for me. You got a lot of everything you wanted from me. So it's like, why can't I get some back? Look what you gave Amina and, and, and Tyra. Babies, and that's it. No, not, that's not it. I'm Are you paying okay? both of their rent? Yes. We you know you're not rent. paying their rent. <laughs> He paints his part. First off, do you Amina, know me? He paints his part. Do you know me? I see what I see on TV, and men like you are the type of men that I be talking about. You need to get from these guys what you want. You get out of both of them. And what are they getting in return? What are they getting in return? We got love. They we look got, stupid we got on love. TV. You don't know me like that. I don't know if one of them butt shots leak into your bloodstream, but you're being very disrespectful right now. Well, I thank God none of your is in my bloodstream, because I'll be damned. Oh, why is all right all right um i tell you now they tried to clean it up. And and the question was, what is the craziest thing you have used the man for? Well, what's a metaphor for use? Exploit it. Okay? Exploit it. Or or what's another way uh I could put this? But I mean the question is, what did you what's the craziest thing you used the man for? And she said was money in exchange. For sex is what she what she implied with with her comment, and the dude said, "Wait a minute, you saying that uh, if a person asks you for sex, you tell them well I, I'll have sex with you, uh, but you got to pay my bills." She said she had some dude pay her bills for six months. He said that's hoism, and it is hoism. Well, hoism is a metaphor or street slang for prostitution. Now let me make this clear. 
If there are two consenting adults making a monetary exchange, while I see that as morally wrong according to my code of behavior and not something uh, um, that I would want anyone, male or female, that I care about being put in a position to exploit themselves. But I don't think anybody should go to prison for it or even be charged with a crime for it. Um, because we can't force our spiritual, religious, or codes of behavior on other people unless they harming other people. Well, if I enter, if I if I was so stupid as to go up to a stripper and say, "Hey, man, you got a hot body. I got two hundred dollars. How about you let me hit that?" All right, and she say, "Yeah, you know, no. Where's the where's the victim in that situation?" Some might say it's the woman. I don't see the woman as the victim. She's, she is entering to a medium of exchange that she can agree to. All right? But is this something that you would want your daughters to do? And it's just very, very disgusting to me that people tried to defend her on that stage talking about this is hoism. And when you listen to her talk, you can tell she ain't she she isn't highly educated. She isn't skilled in critical thinking. Because if she was critically thinking, if she wanted um you know, she might be concerned about admitting to committing crimes. Now, again, I don't believe I don't believe prostitution should be a a, a, a criminal offense. It's a moral offense. Okay, it's a moral offense to me. But I ain't trying to force everybody to live my life as I do. Now, when we're talking about my daughters and we're talking about my granddaughters, I'm going to do everything in my power that they don't have to, number one, sell themselves out there on the street to make ends meet. But number two, that they will have such a strong moral center that that would never even be an option. I'm not judging people who are forced to do that a lot of women and men and girls and boys are forced into sexual servitude, human trafficking. There are so many missing people. I believe that's where a, a lot of them are caught up in. But, you know, we're talking about programming a whore of Babylon mindset into young people. To now, prostitution ain't prostitution. It's a relationship. Well, you know, some prostitutes do have long-term relationships with their johns. But that is not a rela- that is not a traditional relationship where two people care about each other, um like each other's company, have stuff in common, and then they come together form a relationship that could lead lead to marriage. Or, you know, even if they don't get married, it could lead to cohabitation, it could lead to children. Okay? So technically, uh, yes, Johns, which is people who pay for sex or men specifically who pay for sex, do have relationships with their favorite prostitutes. And I do not mean prostitution, uh, calling them prostitutes in a dehumanizing way to dehumanize the individual because every individual has different circumstances that put them on the path. But this woman don't have to, well, she is prostituting herself out to corporate America, but she don't have to talk about her past as if, it's one thing to talk about your past and say, you know, at one time I was, I, I was a little gangbanger in my youth. 
you know, uh, uh, I came up in an environment where it was gang activity. Um, you know, I didn't really have a lot of family and older males in my family to have my backs on the streets of Detroit. And I got tired of fighting these dudes every day on the way home from school. And so I decided to join them. And I did this, that, and the other, and I'm not proud of it. I, I, I'm t I hope that people learn, my children learn from my mistakes when I share these stories with them. But it's another thing to get on here and say, you know what? I was, man, I had so much fun being in the gang, man. We got to shoot at people, do drive-bys and, and all that. You know, that toxic hip-hop that we hear on the radio um, today. Not just from female artists, but from male artists as well. All right? So it, this is the normalization of prostitution. It's not like we're, they're, they're not promoting in a way that, oh, it's, it's so sad that you had to do that. Oh, it's so sad that the U.S. government created the conditions where there's so much wealthy inequality that you had to sell yourself. You felt like you had to sell yourself. But again, we have to take this into context with the other stuff she says. She brags about it. She brags about it. And and then, you know, she bragged about, oh, yeah, I used to take them home from the club, and I drugged their drinks, and then I robbed them. She brags about, who brags about these crimes? These are crimes. Why isn't she being Bill Cosby? Why isn't she being, well, what's the guy named Harvey Weinstein? She's admitting to crimes, crimes that don't have, well, I don't know. I don't know if drugging, if there's a statute of limitations on drugging and robbing. I don't think there's one on raping. And she bragged about using a transsexual to trick a man into thinking he was having a threesome with, with three men. I mean, excuse me, with two women. And then it turns out one was a man biologically a man had a penis and then she's picking at you that's what Dwayne Higgerson said set him off to why when he killed this transsexual who he thought was a woman that after we done done the deed you then gonna pick at me and say oh by the way you just had a, had sex with a man what is that and then in Dwayne Higgerson's case he snapped and he killed the person he killed him how is this okay? And why it why is corporate media putting this on television? Why are these hosts going uh, arguing with this man saying that that ain't hoism or prostitution what she's describing? And he's exactly right. She don't respect herself. Then she goes into these personal attacks. Men like you, men like you. Well, what about women like you who enable men like your trying to paint him to be okay it's it's just very disgusting to me um that this is being promoted as being normal as if you know nothing's wrong with a person prostituting themselves again they shouldn't be put in prison for it i feel sorry for them a lot of people aren't, aren't out who wants to sleep with different individuals over and over and over 
You know, some of us view sex as a spiritual thing. You know, when, you, for example, the Bible says the two shall become one. When you have sex, you and that other individual, through the connections of your sexual parts, become one individual. And there's, and according to my beliefs, there's more than just an exchange of body fluids going on there. Other things, spiritual things, can be passed on, in my opinion, according to my beliefs. I'm not on here to, to, to really get deep off into that, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. That two, it's not just two bodies that are connecting, it's two spirits or two souls that's connecting. What person in their right mind wants to have sex with hundreds of individuals over the course of a year? For some, it might be thousands. Who knows? But for them on this TV program, this cable program, to, to dress it up like it ain't like they say putting lipstick on a pig. And dress it up. Oh, no. It's not hoism. It's not prostitution. It's a relationship. Keith, what are your thoughts on what we heard? Well, Scotty, I think the problem with this discussion is, again, it is so huge. It's huge. You, you're touching on so many different aspects. Now, that person that was talking, was that Cardi B? Oh, uh, Yes. Well, it was a number of women talking, but she was the one that was arguing with the dude when he said, what you just described is hoism. Now, remember, in her mind, the question was, what's the craziest thing you've done to use a man? You when they when we say using somebody, that is a, a that has a negative connotation to it. It means we're exploiting that person. And so she wasn't looking at it as she was the one being exploited. She was exploited them, exploiting them for money because she had something they wanted. What was between her legs? Right. So what what happens is again, you, you, this is we have to break this down and discuss it segment by segment. Uh, the reason being is because number one, you talked about the fact that. At this point in time, she should be able to look back and say, okay, I had to do this, I had to do that. That's where I was brought up, blase, blase, you should. That's never going to happen, Scotty. Why is that never going to happen? Change that. I'm not saying that that would never is going to happen. I'm going to say this. It's never going to happen while she's in the process of being paid. Right. Think about it. Everybody will justify what they're doing as long as they're getting paid. Now, when that gravy train's over, now they'll go back and they'll say, you know what, I should have known better. I should have done these things differently, blase, blase. But you're barking up the wrong tree if you think anybody's going to do that if they're in the process of being paid by that. They're just not going to do it. And you see that forever and a day, even in our politics, when you see uh, those individuals out of Florida and stuff, uh, those Republicans that started speaking against Trump. When did they do that? They did that when they said, you know what? I'm not going to run for the next term. You know, so nobody does that while while they're in the midst. You know, they're going to exploit. They're going to do whatever. You know, here's the story. Uh, when you start talking about prostitution, there's a story that goes something like this. 
uh, just like you said, when you approach this person and you ask them how much, and she would get offended by that. But if you approach them with a million dollars, right off the bat, you say, I'll give you a million dollars. Well, now they're pondering. Well, I won't do it for a million. Let's do it for two. Well, I'm not doing it for two. What do you think I am, a whore? Well, okay, so where's the question, Scotty? Where does, what is the amount of being a whore? What is that? You see where I'm going with this? Uh, Yeah, I see what you're saying. And we know back in the day, well, she was not getting paid a million dollars to have sex with these dudes because if they had a million dollars, she wouldn't have been robbing them. Uh, the way she she did, but I I get your point. For some people, it's the amount, it's the dollar amount. But I would say one dollar. If I give you a dollar for sex, then that's prostitution, and you a prostitute. You just a very that's cheap prostitute. That's all. I agree. I agree. But here's what here's what you just said though, which is a point that I'm making. You're exactly right. But the point is. How many people aren't a whole? And anything you want to talk about it with, once that dollar amount goes up. In other words, you take a person's morals and all of those things. I would submit to you that 99% of the people, 99.5% of the people, their morals will go out of the window depending on the dollar amount. You know, I agree, I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, for example, I was watching uh, season two of Game of Thrones uh, last night. Um, when I'm ready to shut it down, I'll put on something that um, i watch it until I fall asleep. But anyway, this came up. It, a scene in this Game of Thrones. Um this man, uh, the queen had told the, uh, the uh, what would I call him, the captain of the city guard or something. You know, he command the police. We'll just call him the police. To round up and find all of the king's bastard children and to kill them. And there was a scene where they went into a whorehouse. And because the king had been in the whorehouse and this, one, this prostitute had a baby by the king. So they go into the whorehouse and they rip that baby out of her arms and, and stab the baby, kill the baby, right? So then um, this other guy who has some power, uh, the little midget guy, Tyrion, um, you know, he, he gets rid of the guy who ordered the killing of these babies at the behest of the queen. And then so he had his own number two guy that he put in that place. And he asked that that guy, trying to see where he was in his mind. He said, if I asked you to kill a baby, to rip a a baby from his mother's arms and kill that baby, would you do it without question? And the guy said, no, I would ask the question, how much? That's exactly what you just talking about. People having a price and will will accept a certain amount to betray what they know is morally wrong. Absolutely. So that was one aspect that you were talking about. There's other aspects as well. The other aspects that go into the fact that you take the money out. Now we're back to the relationship of a person being used or a person not being used. 
Well, you would say if there's an agreement made, there's no victimization. Well, that could be true. But that's huge. What if there's an agreement made, but one of them is fraudulent in that agreement? That's another aspect of this thing. You mean like when, but, when she made an agreement with guys from the club to go to the hotel with them and then have drinks and drug them, give them a roofie and what have you, and then rob them? Well, that was a victim. Even the rob- yeah, but let's forget the robbing. Let's just the the fact that I thought we entered an agreement, but what you're saying wasn't truthful at all. You know, so fraud in itself is a crime. That's another aspect. But to go back into some of the other things you're talking about, yes, maybe it's not a victimless crime, but what does that victimless crime? What does it present itself into the society, which is a whole root of this conversation? Because if you listen to just listening to that woman speak, you're absolutely right. It is absolutely detrimental to the ears of all these young girls that are being brought up in our society. So if you poison all these young girls in our society, what does that do to our society as a whole? So if you, if you allow prostitution in its, in its obvious form and there are no victims, is that true if that society becomes depraved and now you just have open whoredom in the street? You know, all the, so what you're talking about, you're talking about so much stuff and you're talking about a lack of morality you're talking about all kinds of stuff, and all these things are detrimental to society. And why aren't they stopping it? The reason why they're not stopping it is back to what we were saying in the very beginning of this conversation. The powers that be are putting out things for chaos in which they can divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Let me make this clear. Um I'm speaking in terms of the criminal justice system when I call it a victimless crime. Just like we use that term to refer to drug users who get caught up in the system. <coughs> Excuse me. If they, in my mind, if they did not sell drugs to a children, to children, or they were uh, an adult and using drugs, why should we? Why should society put them in prison as opposed to trying to get them some help? Okay. Um, in terms of prostitution, you know, a lot of these women out here, especially during the crack cocaine era, they wasn't out there because they wanted to do be. They was out there because of underlying drug issue. All right. So you should help those individuals and not pass criminal judgment on them because they haven't harmed anyone. A prostitute doesn't rape a John. A John willingly have sex with a prostitute in exchange for money. While that is morally wrong, in my view, in your view, Pastor Keith, at what point? At what point do we have the right to take away their freedom simply because we don't approve of their behavior? Again, I'm not talking about murder. I'm not talking about rape. I'm, I'm not talking about where I harm another individual in that way. 
Um, but I get your point, though. I get your point. But at, at the same time, though, we this gets into the question of how much power do we want to give the government? Because the government is not going to put these people in a place to where they will be rehabilitated or helped with whatever underlying issue that they have so that they will stop engaging in that activity. So you understand what, what I mean when I say victimless crime? I understand what you mean about, about if we just have open prostitution, you know, out in the streets and what have you. Um, no, we shouldn't. We shouldn't have that. It does lead to, I, I would say, um, the demoralization of society at large. But a lot of them, a lot of them don't really. I mean, you have to really be in a bad neighborhood. You do talking about real poor people that's walking the streets. Most of the most of these high dollar prostitutes, you can find them on Instagram. I remember, um, what's her name? Uh, they call her Queen B. Uh, uh, what's her name? Jay-Z's wife, Beyonce. She was saying that she was shocked to find out that so many of them quote-unquote Instagram models did you have, no, it, was, it wasn't it was her. It was um, not Cardi B. It was Nicki Minaj who was saying that, man, it was just so sad when I found, I felt so bad when I found out that many of these pretty Instagram models that you could have sex with them for $1,000 or more. So they're not walking the streets. You know what I'm saying? They're being more discreet in their behavior. Not again. I, yeah. I don't want to judge no, them. No, no I, I'm with you, Scotty. I know what you meant. Okay. I guess what I was saying was uh, I wasn't talking about those specifics. I was just talking about how how that conversation you brought up is so massive in scope. And as you as you talk about them, you can you could twist it into so many aspects. You know, you can go to, down so many paths with that. I mean, let's face it, prostitution, they say that being a housewife is prostitution. You know, how you want to twist that. Um, but in, in the example that you're talking about, I agree with you 100%. Because her stuff is putting out filth. It's putting out filth. And filth goes back to the same thing that we were talking about with the media. It changes people's mindset. Look, if, 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 if you take a child and you, you immerse that child in wholesomeness, guess what? You're probably going to come out with a wholesome type of child. If you take that same child with the same mentality, with the same IQ, same level of understanding, and you immerse that child in filth, guess what? It will become a master, master manipulator in the world of filth. And ultimately, that's what we're talking about. Cardi B is getting flat out paid. But it's no different than a drug dealer. A drug dealer gets flat out paid. But who ultimately are the victims? Now, is that drug dealer holding a gun to that victim's head saying, oh, you're going to buy my drugs? No, they're not. So is there a victim? Absolutely there's a victim. You know, where do you, how do you 
justified one way or the other. And unfortunately, it can be justified by both sides, depending on who's going to justify. You know, the drug drug dealer says what? Say, man, I have no options. I'm trying to feed my family. Okay, but what expense? You know, so you have to give the benefit of the doubt to wholesomeness. But how do you do that again when you're living in the society that we live? Turn on the radio. Just turn on the radio and listen to what they're listening to. Turn on the TV and just look at what they're watching. Right. What they're promoting. What they're promoting. Absolutely. Right. And so, but, you know, again, I do see Cardi B as a victim. I see her as a victim, even if she don't see herself as a victim. What I'm most angry about is that this victim is now promoting what the system wants them to promote. The system created Cardi B. I don't know much about her home life, but from what she's talked about, she came up in poverty. The reasons that she was, again, I don't find no excuse for this, but the reason that she was drugging and robbing these guys who wanted to have sex with her, and and she did that, was so she could pay for studio time. Because she was going to be, you know, the next rapper. Now, I used to work with... Um, Wait, the- hold it, Scotty, before, before that, though. Okay. But even before all of this, wasn't she already a stripper? What I'm saying, though, Keith, is that we live in a society with so much wealth inequality that it creates the conditions for young women and even young men. You got male strippers that will exploit themselves in order Absolutely. to attain currency. So Absolutely. Who I'm more angry with is you know Cardi B again, she could be suffering from lead poison. She doesn't seem to be very intellectually gifted and what have you. Um and again, I blame this country. I blame it blame this country, but she doesn't seem, she hasn't matured to the point to where she has any regrets about what she has to do. What she says she had to do to get into the rap. And there's a bunch of female rappers that, that did not prostitute themselves in order to get studio time. And then, you know, so, but at the same time, though, this is what, this is being presented as normal. Oh, nothing wrong with what Cardi B did to make it where she, look at where she's at now. Uh, you know that's like ju- that's like the ends justify the means. Is is what the system in this regard is promoting, and who is the system? I'm talking about the system of communication, of mass communication. I'm talking about corporate media. It's just disgusting to me that this is being promoted. I agree. I agree, and, and I think that's what the problem is because what Cardi B is doing on that lower level is no different than what our politicians are doing on that level it's no different than what the billionaires who's got more money that they can spend in their lifetime is going about all they can do to go about to robbing the nickels out of yours in my pocket you know where does this stuff start and where does it end 
The problem is, where does morality start and where does it end? Where do we draw the line, Keith? That's the question. That's the question. And see, so oftentimes is that we're pointing at Cardi B, and you're exactly right. Cardi B is a victim. Where did all this stuff start? Well, it's always been, but if you look out our society today, we can't even say it's always been because of where we are today is on a whole different level than where, you know, even though it's always been. The stuff is being manipulated. Look. What's different, Keith, what's different, Keith, is the mad, again, remember what Malcolm said. Malcolm said media is the most powerful entity on face of the planet. It controls the minds of the masses. So let's stop right there. So now they have technology to where they can communicate to millions of people across the planet as opposed to where before when you just had the printing press where you distribute newspapers in your local area. Now we have programming that can go out all over the world and and promote the horror Babylon spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. No argument. No argument. It's being presented, and this goes back to what you said earlier about perception. What's the perception that they're creating? Well, hoism isn't really hoism. It's a relationship. Prostitution isn't really prostitution. It's a relationship. Okay? That's what that, and so they're creating this perception in our young women's minds that, hey, you on a job, you're on your regular job. And women, I mean, and it's happened to me as well, but it happens more. We hear more about it happening to women to where somebody propositions us on the job. And then instead of us saying, no, I have a boyfriend or you're married or you have a girlfriend or uh, no, I don't trade my body for money to where now we're this this type of programming is saying making them think, well, you know, you are kind of a month and a half behind on your rent. And, this, you know, all you got to do is only going to be an hour or so. So, yeah, go ahead and get that money so you can pay your bills. Then next thing you know, you're getting that HIV diagnosis. Ah, man. Keith, I, I, I pretty yes, much, sir. I think I pretty much expressed my frustration with with mainstream media and the things that they're promoting. And let me just quickly give a, a definition of the whore of Babylon. The whore of Babylon or Babylon the Great is a symbolic female figure and also place of evil mentioned in the book of Revelation in the Bible. Her full title is stated in Revelation 17 as Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and abominations of the earth. I say I say in the context of this conversation, the whore of Babylon is a spirit. The whore of Babylon is a mindset. And that spirit and that mindset is being promoted to the masses by means of mass communication. Keith, you got any final I, thoughts? I think that even the whore the whore of Babylon in the in the in the context of which we're talking 
the United States itself still fits that bill. If you look at what this country has done to the world, as far as as far as um, uh, racial injustices, as far as uh, the wealth uh, separation, as far as leading the world into pornography, as far as their whole central thought that goes out poisoning the global outlook at things. I think the United States can fit that bill as a whore in Babylon. But I, I think you're right too that it involves being a spirit, et cetera, et cetera. But if if I as an individual has enough contact and persuasiveness to lead a a, a state and to my way of thinking, and that state can lead another state, and it just goes on and on, right? Me as an individual could be considered the whore of Babylon that has led all these states ultimately to how far and to this to this evilness that is so far reaching that goes across subjects, it goes, it goes across ethnicity, right. the whole nine yards. It's kind of like the Antichrist. You know, how many Antichrists is there? Ultimately, the Revelation is talking about the ultimate, re- uh, which brings about the end of the world, but how many Antichrists has there been? Hitler was an Antichrist. Caligula was an Antichrist. Mussolini was an Antichrist. Most of the U.S. presidents. <laughs> okay, but but yeah, you see what I'm saying. I mean, I, I'm serious, Keith. I mean, if uh, uh, the Navy is going to produce propaganda as they' about to uh, um, um, detonate a nuclear bomb in the Marshall Islands while telling the victims of in the Marshall Islands who's about to get irradiated uh, from the nuclear bomb and so that they can be studied as guinea pigs and then that, that naval commander is saying we're doing God's work. Well, no, you're not. You're, you're, you're doing the Antichrist's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that goes back to what we were talking about in the first place, what was that person like? That person that's doing this, what was that person like? And before they were motivated by whatever it was that motivated them to take that action. In other words, let's say like these guys are generals and what happens, you were in the military and you went in the military in your own free will before you were enlightened and all of that, right? But what were you like and how much did you do because of the pressure presented on you through the military to do some of those things? So the question is, would you have done those things on your own or did you do them because of the pressure that was exerted to you from the outside? So when you did those things, does that, did that separate you from being you? Was that your motivation? Did that make you evil? No. 
I would say no in my case. And I, there was no pressure. Um, I was working two jobs, and some might say that was pressure, but I was only 19 years old. I was living with a girlfriend um, not far, you know, from where I am now. Um, and uh, the only reason I went into the military is because I didn't, well, yeah, it was the pressure of college, the cost of college. So I was pressured to go into the military so I could afford to go to college and not put my family in a tremendous amount of debt. My sister still, my my baby sister still paying off debt. So, the, yeah, there was some pressure there, but it didn't change who I, who I was once I went in there and I started. I started processing what I was seeing, what I was doing, and the reasoning for why we were here wasn't adding up. And so that is why after the Gulf War, I, I instead of re-enlisting, I got out. So I, I wasn't right. changed. I wasn't. I wasn't changed. Okay, but I was propagand. I was pressured to go in by e- for economic reasons. Okay, so now let's do this back to the president. How much do they foot the bill in that same scenario? In other words, these presidents, how much do they know before they got in that position? And once they were in that position, how much opportunity did they really have to bust the whole system? Now, I would say that about Barack Obama, okay? I would say that about a Barack Obama figure. Somebody that's new to politics, you know what I'm saying? In terms of national, remember he was only a, a they, he was only a junior senator. He had not been in there that long um, before he was uh, uh, recruited to run for president. And yes, I'm not talking about a conspiracy theory. He was recruited because uh, Joe Biden and it was uh, Andy Reid said, "Oh, he one of them black people that's articulate. I think he could." You know what I'm saying? Using a, using a trope about. Uh, most black people and whatnot. So uh, they recruited him and then they surrounded him with career politicians like uh, Hillary Clinton or he was pressured to take certain people into his administration and then took his administration down roads that he has expressed regret for like he expressed regret for Libya and the invasion of, of Libya. So I, but I still think though when, when you mentioned some historic names like like um, Hitler, Mussolini, or what? Well, hell, Franklin Roosevelt was an antichrist. You know what I'm saying? Um, when you look at the New Deal, was was excluding black people. That that's not Christ-like. That's not you know what I'm saying. So it, it just depends. It has to be a case by case basis. But I get what you exactly. get your point. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Keith, we're a little bit over, man. I want to thank you, man, for, uh, you know, uh, showing up and um, helping me through um, Tando Radio Show. Um, I think uh, you do an excellent job um, in helping us debate these issues that come up in these articles. And, you know, just coming from your perspective, we all have individual, unique perspectives. Sometimes we may disagree, but we are never disagreeable with each other. So I appreciate you, Keith. Um, Tomorrow um, would be Financial Friday. I'll find out um, later from Dave. I'll send him a text and see if he's going to be with us tomorrow. Do you know if he'll be with us tomorrow, Keith? Did he say anything to you? I don't think that he will. Okay. All right. So, um, but we will uh, be here 
Uh, hopefully, Keith will be able to make it back, and uh, we'll go through some of new what's in the news and current events, and um, possibly do an open forum tomorrow as well. All right. With that said, recognize the fact you live behind the enemy lines of USA Inc., where the where the spirit of the whore of Babylon is very much alive and being projected out to our young people. We have to not only move behind these enemy lines with purpose and in a codified manner, um, but we also had to guard our ears, guard our eyes, and guard our mouths so that we don't regurgitate the propaganda that is being promoted to, to the masses. And most importantly, we have to guard our children. That said, peace and blessings to all. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Peace. Gold dinar would have had serious consequences for the world financial system, but may also have empowered the people of Africa, something black activists say the U.S. wants to avoid at all costs. We're slicing cake.